Good evening to everyone. Good to see you. Glad that you're here with us on this first day of the new year. I was thinking as John was uh, doing his lesson this morning about resolutions. You know, everybody's got resolutions. And I thought this morning when I got up, I thought, you know, I don't usually do a New Year's resolution, but uh, I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to be nicer to Relith this year. Uh, then I got to church and started talking to him, and that went downhill fast. So, uh, so I don't guess we'll do that. Sorry, Relith. <laughs> we'll try next year and see how that goes. Uh, we'll try again. Um, I did think about, I had uh, I reworked it just a little bit, uh, a New Year lesson, and John did his this morning. I could just get up here and say what he said and just continue doing it, and uh, we'll start out the new year. That'd probably be good enough. But um, I got to thinking, I, I want us to look at Colossians chapter 3, and let's look at the first four verses, and, uh, and I'll tell you why I, I kind of picked this, this chapter. It says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear. Uh, as I got to read in Colossians, and we're going to get into more in Colossians here, I find that these are, are, are challenging to, I think, us as God's people. And as I got to thinking about this this verse it says or these passages it, it says a lot about our Christian life and I think especially maybe during a time of starting a new year it, it's kind of like this it's kind of like everyone's got that room in their house it could be a garage it could be a closet it could be uh, a room just just somewhere in that every once in a while you have to go in and, and clean it out no matter how much you try, that's just the place that where all the clutter goes, where everything goes. And um, sometimes as you go in and you clean out a, a place like that, there's a couple of, uh, about three things that always happens anytime I'm involved in any kind of cleaning uh, out of a, a room, because most of the time I'm the one who clutters it up. I just, I like things neat, but I just like them out of the way. Now it may be shoved somewhere and close the door, but that's how I, I, I like it sometimes. But I I look and you find some things. Well, one, you always find things that that you got to keep. You know, sometimes you forget you have them. Uh, you forget that they're there. And as you start going through things, you realize you can't throw those things away. You, you need those things. And you need to be reminded that you have those things you just had forgot. So now that you're cleaning this out, you remember that you have them. You remember why you got them. You can remember how they're useful to you. And you find things like that. But along with that, you find things that you just have to throw away, don't you? You find out that's not useful. You can't hold on to them. They're not good for you. They've just attached themselves to you. They just are, are, are just there that uh, you just you don't want them and you don't need them and you have to throw them away. But even in that process of, of going through that, you always take a trip down memory lane, don't you? You always find something that brings back some memories, whether it's some photos, whether it's something... Uh, uh, seems like every time I we clean things out, you always look at pictures, especially of the kids when they used to be sweet and little and nice, and then they grow up. So you try to remember those good times that, that they were. There's always a picture that I like to find every time we clean something out. I, I don't know it gets in every cluttered place. It's of girls when they were little in South Carolina, Hopeland Gardens. It's a picture of them sitting in a, a field of flowers overlooking a pond, and it's just taken from the back of them. I think there may be 
maybe like three years old, two years old, something around uh, that age. But it kind of brings back memories, doesn't it? So as, as you're cleaning things out, you, you find these things. And I thought, you know, this is a lot like our Christian life. And especially as we get into this new year, I think there's some things that we need to look at and start cleaning out our life. There's things that I think we need to hold on to, remind ourselves that we have, remind ourselves that's a part of us, remind ourselves why we have them. There's some things we need to get rid of. There's some things that we're holding on or that, we, that may be part of our life that we just need to throw away that's just trash. And there's things that I think that takes us down memory lane that we need to remember that is a part of our life, that makes us who we are. And as we go through Colossians here, I think we'll find that uh, as we are examining ourselves for this new year and kind of keeping what we need to keep, getting rid of what we need to get rid of, and just a, a, maybe a reminder of, of really what our purpose is when it comes to our Christian life. So let's look at some things here that it says we need to keep. In verses 1 and 2 it says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on these things above, on things above, not on things of the earth. As, again, as you clean out... As you clean out your room or your garage or whatever, you always find these things that you, you, you forget that you have that are maybe the foundation of who you are, that you, you've got these things, but you just haven't been using them. You hadn't brought them to your attention in a while. And I think this is uh, uh, what happens in a Christian life. And he goes on and he tells us here that uh, there's some things that we need to hold on to. There's some things that we need to retain. Look back at verse 1. If you... We're raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Paul tells us here that we are risen with Christ. The word if, he says, if then you were raised with Christ. This goes into the sentence of what he's already been talking about in chapter 2, uh, of all these things of how we're to walk and the things that we're to do. He says, you've got to remember, it's not if you were raised with Christ. He, he's saying since. You were raised with Christ is what he's really meaning. So in our Christian life, we need to remember since we were raised with Christ, he's telling us this is what our position is. This is what has happened. This is the process that's taking place. And sometimes we forget that foundation. We forget that foundation of where Christianity is the center of, that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And we're a part of that. Because he did that, he says, If you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Galatians 2.20 that Parker read a few moments ago. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Notice what he says in Romans chapter 6 about this. Starting at verse 1, he says, What shall I say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. 
For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So in a spiritual sense, we've got to realize where our foundation is, we, we have died to sin with Christ, hadn't we? We, we? When Christ died to sin, that once for all sin, there had to be a price that was paid. Romans 6 and 23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So if the wages of sin are death, and as we look at that, I, I look at it like this, and certainly the principle is still the same, that, okay, I've got to make sure that I'm walking in the light as he is in the light. I'm walking in that sacrifice because over here the wages of sin are going to bring forth death. But look in the terms as Paul was stating here. There had to be a price that was paid for sin. The wages of sin is death. So if sin is there, there has to be a price that's paid. There has to be a wage coming. And that wage that's coming is death. That's what Christ did. Christ paid that debt for us. And then when we go through obedience to Him, we do the same thing. We're dead to sin. We died to sin. That, we, we, pay, we say that He paid a price that we couldn't pay. Absolutely. We couldn't do it. That's why He did. But when we're baptized and we're raised, we go through that same process spiritually of we're dying to sin out of the bondage of sin, and then rise to walk in newness of life. We're walking in Him. It's no longer I that lives, but Him. So in Colossians here, we've got to see something that we've got to retain, something as we're cleaning out, that we're trying to get ready for this new year. We've got to make sure we know that foundation. That foundation is there had to be a price that was paid. And Christ paid that price. And then everyone who is obedient to Him does that same thing because He did it, something that we couldn't do. That price was paid. In Romans 6 and verse 14, it says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law but under grace. There is a sense in which every child of God is dead. They are dead to sin, right? So he, he, he's saying that... He, that Sin doesn't have a, a dominion over us that every child is dead to sin, but we walk in newness of life. We've been liberated from that. Have you ever thought, you know, I, I was thinking about that as John w was talking this morning. You know, we get into this, this rut as a Christian. We get tired. We get bogged down. We get frustrated. You know, it, it's not easy. And, I, and I'm glad he said something this morning because sometimes I think as we get older, as Christians and we mature as Christians that it ought to get easier for us and he says it doesn't get easier it gets harder because Satan fights harder and I'm glad he said that because that helped me to remind me that's why the Christian life is so hard sometimes as you get older you think it's going to be easier but it seems to be getting harder and you think it shouldn't be like this you know I've been a been a Christian all this time and yet I'm still having to fight these battles these same sins that so easily beset us, these same things that we find out in the world. And, and I think the reason it, it, it stays hard like that and that it, it, it bogs us down is, I think because we forget this foundation. We forget what we've been liberated from. 
We forget that bondage. We forget that price that had to be paid, that wage that had to be paid, that was paid. And through obedience, uh, we pay it also through Him. We couldn't do it without Him. It's nothing that we did. It's something that He did, and we get to participate in through our obedience. And then we rise to walk in that newness of life. So that foundation is the wage of sin was paid. And then we rise up to walk in newness of life. It's no longer our life. It's his life. So when we look back here in Colossians 3 and 1. You know we see here that he reminds us that we have also been raised with Jesus. When he died we died. We, we died. When he rose from the dead we rose from the dead as well. When he, he got up. Every person that's obedient to him got up, didn't we? See, we, we think about his death, and we think about the price that he paid, but that wasn't the completion of it. If he hadn't rose, there wouldn't be anything else, would there? It, it, it's the fact that he rose. And then we can do the same thing. We come up, we're a new creature. The old man is gone, and we rise to walk in newness of life. I think we forget that foundation. So we need to retain or we need to keep in mind that foundation of, of who we are as a child of God. I think sometimes we forget that. So maybe that's something we need to find in that closet as we're cleaning it out. Something that we knew we had, but maybe we just forgot that we had it. And we forgot that we needed it. And we forgot how important it was to us. You heard the expression out of sight, out of mind. Maybe that's what it's been for us as Christians. Out of sight, out of mind. We don't think about the bondage that we were in. We don't think about what Christ has done for us. We don't think about once that there had to be this, this wage paid for sin, but how it was paid and that now we're new creatures. And I think we need to remember that foundation. But we also need to remember something else. Look again here in verse 1 and 2. He says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, which Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of this earth. So he tells us here, since we've been raised in a new life in Jesus, we're told to seek those things above. So maybe we need to remember and hold on to the focus that we had once we became a Christian. Maybe we forgot about that. Maybe we forgot about the focus that we need to have. When he says to seek, it's, it's in the present tense. We need to continue to seek those things above. We need to continue to think beyond what's right in front of us. And think about what's beyond. Notice as we look down in this chapter some things he tells us. In verse 10, and he says, "...has put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So what should we need to focus? We need to focus on the knowledge of Jesus. Maybe we don't. John was talking about that this morning. Maybe it's because we don't have a knowledge of that truth. That truth can't set us free if we don't know it. That truth can't help us if we don't know what that truth is. Jesus, we can't walk in newness of life in that light that Jesus tells us to, that he is the light and he would come part of that and what he's done for us if we don't have the knowledge of that. Maybe we've got to have the knowledge. Maybe we forgot about what we obtained when we first became a Christian, when we were on fire for God and we was trying to learn everything that we were trying to learn, and now we just kind of getting by, just kind of going through the motions. Maybe we need to retain that knowledge once again. 
What about verses 5 through 9? He tells us how to live a clean, holy life. He says, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetedness, which is idolatry. Because of these things the wrath of God has come upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourself once walked when you lived in them. But notice here. But now you yourself are to put off these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. So he's telling us here, here's the kind of life you should live. You, you, you need to re, re-examine your focus, realign your focus, and have that knowledge of Christ. But also that gives you that knowledge of living the life that you're supposed to live. <coughs> you know, sometimes as a... Christian, we make the statement, well, if God would just give me a list to, to follow or, or say do it, he does. He tells us this is how to live the life that you're supposed to live. You've got to hold on to these things. Notice what he says here, verses 12 through 17. He says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So he's telling us, here's how you need to align your focus. You need to go back and and think about what's important in your life. What should you focus on? What is your priority? Again, just like cleaning out that room, you'll find something, you know, I forgot I had that. I, I can remember why this was important to me. I can remember why I needed this. Why did I ever put it in this place to begin with? Why did it ever become lost to me? I think that's what happens as Christians. Their focus becomes lost. We we, we put things on the back burner and we forget about how important they are. We forget about how we need them, that our focus needs to be on that. But he shows us the right way to live. He shows us the right way to live in our families. Look at verse 18 through 21. Wives, submit to your own husbands as fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, lest they become discouraged. So he says, here's what your focus needs to be on, the knowledge of Christ. It needs to be on holy living. It needs to be on these good virtues. It needs to be back on your family and, and each one understanding their role and doing the things in that family unit that you're supposed to do and be the way that you're supposed to be. And I think that's why he did these Christian, these virtues first, because he says if you had these things, you're going to be able to do these other things. Your focus is going to be what it should be. What about in our, our everyday life? In verses 20, uh, 22 through uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Bondservants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily. As to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you receive the reward of the inheritance, you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done. There is no partiality. Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So he says in your everyday life, you go out on the job, how are you supposed to act on your job? Like you're serving God. 
You, you, you do just like everything that you do in your life that you're doing in service to God. That's the attitude you have. That's how you should work. Do, give it everything that you've got. Do it heartedly. Why? Because the world is watching. The world is watching how we are and how we live. And I think sometimes we forget how we're supposed to be. I think we put that on the back burner and we started becoming like the world once again. Or we started becoming like we were uh, before when we were in bondage because we, we forgot about that foundation. We forgot that we died to sin, that we rose to walk in newness of life, that we're no longer that old man, we're something new. So why would we go back and act like that? Why would we live like that? Maybe because we forgot. We forgot what our focus uh, should be on. Look at verse 2 of chapter 4. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Do we forget to pray? How often do we pray? We get so caught up in our lives. We get so stressed in our lives. We get so full of all of these things. Sometimes we forget to talk to God. We, we forget to check in. We forget to have that communication. And when we start cutting off that communication, then everything else starts falling right in line. Because we forget what that focus should be. What about verses 3 through 6 in chapter 4? He says, Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the world to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. So he tells us here, he goes through, you have that knowledge of Christ. Here's how you live a holy life. Here's how you add these virtues. Here's how your focus should be in your family. Here's how your uh, focus should be in everyday activities. Here's what your focus should be in prayer. And here's what your focus should be when you're dealing with people out in the world. Everything that we need to know. He says, here's, if you focus on these things, remember these things, hold on to these things, retain that. He says, then that's going to put you back in the place that you're supposed to be. That, that's how we start, you know, we think, well, how do we need to start this new year? Well, every new year we always say, well, I, I want to get this accomplished. I want to do this. I want to do that. People make resolutions. Oh, I want more money. I want better health. I want to lose weight. But what do all these things really get you? If all you focus on is the material things or all you focus on is the physical things and you don't have any priorities in the spiritual, that's why we can't hold on to any of that. That's, that's why you know, we just start thinking about money or material things and then that takes us down that road or we just start thinking about health, then yeah, health is a good thing. Money is a good thing. Them in itself is not bad things. But that shouldn't just be our focus. Our focus should be the spiritual things. And I think that's what Paul is reminding us here. You know, you, you've got to get your spiritual life right for everything else to be what it should be. Because if it's not, nothing else is going to be right. I don't care how many black eyed peas and hog jowl and turnip greens and all that you eat on New Year's Day. It's not going to work. And I eat a lot of it today. I eat a lot of black eyed peas. And I'm not a big black eyed pea fan, but I eat a lot. You, you don't want to take a chance. Eat them. You know, why not? But why do we do that? In hopes of something, right? I, I'm hoping something. I, this is, it, it shows us, okay, this is what I'm thinking about. 
What do we feed ourselves to, to get the spiritual things that we need? What things are we feeding ourselves to, to grow spiritually and have these kind of spiritual blessings that are found in Christ? How, how do we get those things? What do we eat for that? Well, matter of fact, he tells us. He tells us what to feed ourselves with. But as again, as we start out thinking, as we're cleaning out this closet, I think there's some things that we need to look at and we need to hold on to. But there's some things that we need to let go too. Look at verse 2 again. He says, set your mind on things above, which that's the things that he says retain. That's the things that's holding on to. That's, that's how we live our lives, focus on these things, but not on the things of the earth. So not only is there things we're holding on to, he says there needs to be some things you let go of. There needs to be some things, I don't know about you, I, I don't throw a lot of things away. I, I think, well, I might need this, I, I might need this one day. I've got ten things of one thing because I didn't know I had one or I couldn't find the thing I had. And so you have all these things here, but you realize there are some things that you absolutely don't need. And you shouldn't have them. And he actually lists things here, we're holding on to things that we should never be holding on to. That, that are nothing but trash. And we need to get rid of these things of the earth. So again, our spiritual life is the same. And he tells us here. Um, look in Colossians 2 and verse 8. He says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophies and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. So he says here in Colossians 3, then the part of verse 2, he says, don't, don't focus on the things, you know, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Chapter 2, verse 8, he tells us, here's why. These things of the earth, they, they cheat you. These, beware of these things. And how do they do that? Through philosophies. They, you know, man has invented strange ways and in, in, in a lot of false doctrine and to get us to believe a lot of different things. And if our, if our mind are, is focused on the things of the earth, we're going to fall into that because we're going to trust man. I, I don't care how holy we think a man is or how spiritual we think a man is. They're still just a man. If they come up something different than what God's Word says, they're wrong. And we can't follow it. No matter how much we may trust that individual. He said they'll do this through philosophies. They'll do this through empty deceit. They'll do this through traditions of men. They'll do this through basic principles of the world. He says that's what they do. They, they get you on tradition. Oh, you've got to stay just with tradition. Or they'll try to trick you in different things. They'll try to use these philosophies and make you think they're a whole lot smarter than you. Or just even the basic principles. Now there's things here in Colossians where Paul is making reference to where these Judaizing teachers are trying to get them to come back and, and do the rituals of the law. But these principles still apply. That, that's what happens today. We, we get caught up in just the, the, uh, well, just the rituals sometimes and don't think about what it, actually it is we should be doing. It becomes more tradition or, well, if somebody tells me to do it, then, then, I, then I must do it. And I, I was listening to a tape one time. This congregation uh, was introducing something new. I think it was starting to worship and take Lord's Supper on Saturday night. And I can remember that so-called preacher, he started out the conversation by saying, now, we thought about this for a long time, and you've got to be really spiritual, and you've got to be really uh, mature as a Christian to understand this. So what he's basically saying, okay, we're a whole lot smarter than you, and so you just take our word for it. You know, and, go, and a lot of people went along with it because they didn't want to feel stupid. But that, that's a pretty stupid thing to follow somebody just for the sake of following them, isn't it? Just because you don't want to, you know... Look, look bad. Check God's word to see if it's so. 
But as he says here, notice what he said in verse 8 of Colossians 2 again. Beware lest anyone cheat you. Cheat you out of what you're supposed to have. Cheat you into trick. Cheating you is, is tricking you or, 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 or dubbing you out of something that's rightfully yours. And we let men do that. He says, you need to throw away these things, these, these false doctrines, these, these ways in which we let individuals uh, manipulate us. Also, fleshly deeds. Paul lists seven, uh, several common sins of the flesh, and he admonishes uh, believers to eliminate these things. Notice again what he says, Colossians 3, 5 through 10. He says, for you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, notice, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, covetedness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is becoming upon the sons of disobedience. And we can look at this list, and you can see the world, and the world saying, well, these things are all right. It's okay now. Marriage doesn't mean anything. Do anything you want to before you get married. You know, live together. Do whatever. Oh, these things are fine. And he says here it's not. It's all right to covet what somebody else has. It's all right to have these evil desires. It's all right to, to have these things. Because you see it around you in the world. And he says you put off this trash. You put these things away. Because they're devastating. He says that... that uh, uh, God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Verse 7, In which you yourself once walked when you lived in them. He says, when you lived in them, you once walked this way. But as he said, remember he said over in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you, you, you were these things, you know, and he had that whole list of, of, of all these uh, uh, things. And he says, you once were these things, but you were justified, you were sanctified, you were set apart. He said, that may have been the way that you were. That may be in the past. That may be something you're trying to hold on to, but get rid of it. It has no place in your life. He said, when you're cleaning out their closet, there's things you've got to just get rid of that has no part in a Christian's life. He says, but now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created you. Now remember, just previous to these, he, he gave the virtues. He said, okay, you live this way about loving kindness and tenderness and, and how you're supposed to act toward one another. He says, you can't do that and do these other things at the same time. You can't hold on to them and still hold on to these. You've got to get rid of them. Your life's always going to be cluttered. You're always going to have a junky spiritual life if you don't clean it out. You've got to get rid of it. And that's what he says here, put these things off. Now, how do you do that? You do that by, one, not feeding these particular things. Not, not feed the appetites of these desires, these evil things. Don't feed those things. Starve them to death. Which one are we feeding? Are we feeding their spiritual life or are we fe feeding the, uh, the carnal? We gotta feed, we're going to feed one of them. Which one is it? Now, how to do that? You, you cut those things out or you crowd those things out. How do you crowd those things out? You put more good things in that closet than bad things. Sooner or later, you're going to run out of room. You're going to have to get rid of something. Make sure it's the bad, not the good. 
And here's how we do that. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praiseworthy, meditate on these things. If you're meditating on these things, you ain't got time to be angry. You don't have time to uh, have malice or wrath or blasphemy or, or lie or any of these. You don't, have, you don't have room for it. He says, you, you've got to let go of these things. Retain these good things. And if you're retaining these good things, it's going to push out these bad. So you'll realize as you're putting that closet back together, you're realizing that you're, you're keeping these good things that you need. And you look out there and realize, I, I don't have any place for this. There's no place for this in my life anymore. And that's the purpose, isn't it? Christian life is different than everybody else. We, we don't hold on to those things. You've you got to let those things go. And sometimes it's, it's hard to let go of anger, isn't it? It's hard to let go of some of these emotions. And a lot of these are these emotional feelings. And it's hard to let go of these emotional things. That's why I like the, the, how we've been studying the book of Psalms. Because David, you can see really the emotional turmoil that he goes through. And some things that he, he's praying to God that he doesn't do. And he's crying out to God, this is how I'm feeling. Don't let me be ashamed in what I'm doing. I, I, I don't want to be feeling these things. Or I don't want to be going through these things. I'm, I'm crying to you to let them go. Like John was talking this morning, these sins that so easily beset us. And we think, well, why do they keep creeping up? Because they so easily beset us. And that's where we need to go to God and say, I don't have room for these. I don't want to make room for these. I want these out. Well, quit feeding it. And feed the spiritual thing. Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So there's some things that we need to hold on to. There's things that we need to let go of. And then as I said, when in that process you go down memory lane. And there's some things that we need to remember. There's some things that we need to recall to our memory that, that gives us that feeling, that, that boost of, okay, this, this is what I've gone through. This, this is where I've come from. This is, this, and this is where I'm at now. And that's what we need to do. These final verses, verses 3 through 4 of Colossians 3. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Romans chapter 6 and verse 11, Likewise you also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is a lot to take in in this chapter, isn't it? It's, it's a lot to think about. But we have to go back to that foundation of there was a death and there was a life, a new life. We went through the death because Christ went through the death and because He rose, we rose. And in doing that, we rose to a new life and rising to a new life means we need to act like it. We need to talk like it. We need to be like it. Get rid of those old things. Hold on to those good things. And remember the things that he wants us to remember. So I asked you tonight, how's your spiritual closet? They need some cleaning?
lot of junk piled up in there, things you don't need, things you forgot about, things you forgot that you needed. There's a lot for us to examine. There's a lot for us to, to look through. I can't do it for you. I don't, I, I don't know what you have. You don't know what I have. I, I've, got, I've got to clean out my own self. You've got to clean out your own self. As we start this new year, let's, let's do that. Let's say this is, I'm, I'm going to remember who I'm supposed to be, and I'm going to live that way. And I'm going to live that way to the very best of my ability.